Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, Matt. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, we're kind of back now. You kind of, you know, we're here all together. Uh, last week, we were at um, uh, South Tech 2023 in Greenville, South Carolina. You know, you heard us do our, our one day our day one uh, wrap up, and so we didn't do a day two or day three. These are only three day shows, and so we kind of leap the left. Get to everything. Usually, your first day is your gut punch day, where you kind of see, you know, kind of what you think you want to see, and you kind of get your you know, your bearings behind you about, you know, what is going to be the next two days and pretty much how much your life is going to be a very interesting moment for am i gonna make it to every booth right or are my feet gonna survive or my legs gonna survive or why is my arm going numb now that i'm carrying this bag you can print those yeah you can get... <laughs> we print those shoes it gets you done <laughs> but you know we're back now and now we want to do a wrap-up so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over the entire show front to back back to front and kind of cover what is or was South Tech 2023? They are not going to have a South Tech 2024. There will be a South Tech 2025. So if you guys can make it to that, love to see you. Because most likely we may be there. I um, think there's also a West Tech and yep. and and um, a few other conventions East, similar. I think it's the East Tech. Who's yeah. Tech? South down Tech. Houston. Tech. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's other opportunities. Huge, but yeah. huge Tech was the other one. Yeah. But yeah, South Tech will be in two years. So, yeah. um, I mean, I so I wanted to kind of I guess take it from here and and since I wasn't there, yeah. which I missed out, but yeah. it is what it is. I want to see these machines in action, anyways. I I have YouTube. I can I can Google these things, anyways. Google foo. One of these days, we'll get you guys with the with the augmented goggles, so I could just sit with you <laughs> while I'm at work, have a little screen following you. But well, then, um, then you gotta hang around when we're doing happy hour, and make our belts jealous. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So I just wanted to take this and and kind of say, hey, ask you guys some questions about what you thought. Maybe some some categories. I mean, you definitely guys have told me some companies that have kind of stay stuck in your brain a little bit based on what yeah. they're doing, but. Um, I'll kind of, I guess I want to ask a few questions on, on that side. I mean, we did, we did the same thing last time when we went to rapid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I guess my first thing is, is, uh, I could start out with is, uh, what did you see at the convention that kind of caught your eye? Um, it could be a product, it could be a booth, it could be an exhibit, it could be, um, a speaker who just mm-hmm. kind of commanded the stage and talked about something that, you know, you, that needs to be said. But I mean, what do you guys think? You can go first, Nick, if you want to add. It doesn't matter. I yeah, I would I would say the biggest thing I, that I saw. I've already been exposed to subtractive manufacturing. You know, we've actually talked about some of the limitations of additive manufacturing from a prosumer point of view. Um, but for me, um, one of the neat things that I saw there was like when we was looking at some of the CAM software, where they were uh, doing some things with the CAM software where it was uh, pretty intuitive to do some of the things, and they was also able to do some uh, simulation. Um, with just the camera? Well, the hmm. cam, uh, so you got CAD cam software. Okay. So uh, basically you can take models and put them into this software, and then that software could do a simulation or could do a, uh, you can do some analysis on the, the motion, mm-hmm. for example, okay. if it was a robot. 
or the motion if it was a, a three, four, or five axis uh, CNC machine. Yeah, like the CAD CAM guy. Yeah. I mean, then the, then the other thing you know that I would say that was fairly impressive is uh, we stayed with the flow guys and saw the uh, water jet um, technology. Now that was pretty neat. Yeah. That's a um, some of some of the things that they were doing, far as how they were able to. Um, cut through material based on the height that they could uh, raise the uh, head. So it's basically an XYZ mm -hmm. coordinate machine. But they were able to, to cut like uh, tungsten, uh, not, excuse, wow. not tungsten, titanium. Okay. They were able to cut tool steel, um, aluminum, so uh, ink canal. So they were able mm -hmm. to cut some uh, of a lot of different uh, materials. The, the only thing they said that they, they have a problem from a material standpoint is tempered glass. And because uh, the way tempered glass is made, um, what happens is if you cut it at the wrong angle, then it shatters. Yeah. So that's one of the limitations of the machine, mm -hmm. but that's probably the limitations of a lot of technology. But I would say that was probably a few of the things, and then the cobots was probably the other thing that I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. things that just caught your eye. What yeah. about you, Nick? I've got a few. Um, you know, and the thing is, it gets, gets kind of funny, but if you know my, if you know my back pain and what I work on on a daily basis, you understand. Um, the first one would have to be the 3D scan guys. You know, the guys out there running the 3D scanners, I think the, the, the software, those guys, and the cameras those guys are running are absolutely amazing. Um, the company that we were talking to with, uh, with, um, the, they're a sub, they're a sub company to Zeiss. They make a camera you can mount on the end of a cobot and that cobot can do all your scanning for you. Yep. And it pipes it to a PC, which yep. doesn't really require too much oh. back to it. And it pipes it as an STL file. Yep. And it can do all of your your measurements and stuff like that, your deformation measurements, and, you know, kind of do all that fun stuff. Um, yes, the CAD CAM guys, you know, especially the guy, Kyle from CAD CAM, you know, just the energy coming off that guy when we first talking to him is insane. That's the guy who showed us if you can, well, they'll run the, through their software and he can grab on the end mill and the end mill is not going to burn him. Because because the fact he takes all of the does um, is destructive heating, so or destructive cooling and stuff like that. So it actually puts all of the heat into the chips, um, uh, instead of into the part itself, and not into the hot end. The same thing we saw with the green wise guys that were cutting into titanium, and that was basically like eighty percent of your heat was being dissipated through the waste. Yeah, ten percent and ten percent was in the tube, and ten percent was in the material. And it's gonna, impressive. it's gonna sound kind of funny, but the um, ERP guys, mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of conversations with a lot of ERP companies, and especially a lot of maintenance ERP companies, that you know they you would you buy their software, and they're out of Canada. I think is the is the big one that kind of caught my mm -hmm. eye. Um, is for them. Is you buy the software when you buy your equipment and you kind of work your way through the process so it keeps your life cycle. And it's individually installed based on shop. Hmm. And it's only for maintenance. It helps with your spare parts, it helps with your maintenance costs and stuff like that, your rundowns. It does all your advanced analytic stuff based on your ERP. Hmm. And then you have all your, and then one of the companies we talked to does all the job codes, they print out all your job sheets um, and whatnot. You, you did have a, and you know, staying in the ERP realm, you do have some, you know, MES guys out there floating around. But it's not like MES that we think about. Mm. It's completely different than, you know, everything else. 
Um, so I'd probably say that those guys would be, you know, some of the ones that would catch my attention. Then there was the rabbit hole guys. Mm. Um, probably uh, the, the the rabbit hole would probably be Flo. Um, yeah. Which is the Flo Jet guys, like what Ed brought up. Um, you know, these guys, they went out of their way to sit there and talk to us, knowing that we... We looked at him like we you got three eyes. I don't know what you're talking about today. Mm-hmm. You know, hate to break it to you. you know, we don't know anything about this flow stuff. Please explain this to me. Like we're two year olds. Yeah. The gentleman who takes care of who is the manager. I can't remember his name. I have a card someplace. The the gentleman who takes care of all of their um uh like field service guys. He's the service manager uh, mm-hmm. for Flow. That dude is awesome. He took his time to sit down with it, to, to really walk us through the process. I think their entire team was awesome. Um, everybody we talked to at Flow, those guys were great. Everybody loved them. Um, you know, they've been with them for a long time. Um, and I'd say that's probably, if it wasn't getting into some of the other stuff, I guess we can say that's the newest invention stuff. But I'd say Flow was probably be, you know, some of the ones that really kind of taught the attention. Because something new. You're talking about Garnet going at Mach 3. Yeah. In a five-axis. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous speeds to cut. I mean, it, to, to be honest with you, that would catch my eye, too. Like, if, if you've got a big machine making some pretty precise cuts, like, I want to see it do it. Show me. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, the sound behind when Garnet hits Mach 3, hmm. it is absolutely insane. So you actually hear it? You oh, you hear it break the sound barrier. You'll hear it break the sound barrier. Um and if you think about it... A little thump from the machine? It's not even a thump. Because we've got to think about it. The entire bed that it's sitting in is full of water. So the water is used to dissipate the power Oh, you just probably that. see the boom. You, you hear it. I mean, oh, you hear yeah. you hear that garnet come out of that nozzle at, you know, Mach 3, and it, mm. it's whistling. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, so they can do just water. Yeah. And you can tell the difference when they, they add the aggregate. Mm-hmm. Once they add the aggregate, then there's a difference in the sound. I, I, yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. And, you know, when you hear that, because when it hits the water, it breaks apart. Mm-hmm. So it kind of slows down, so we can't reuse the garnet. Um, and, but if you keep it in the same spot, it will punch to the bottom of the tank and straight to your concrete. So, there's always that problem. There's always the the, you know, the, the, the thought that you may have some to do with a mop. You know, mm-hmm. trying to you know clean up a couple gallons of water. But you can drain it and weld it back shut and done again. Um, but... Yeah. It's you, the biggest talk, problem is cutting a hole in my machine. <laughs> right. But you're also talking at five axis, yeah. five axis nozzle at Mach three, and you're making the turns at Mach three. Yeah. And we're talking. One of the guys was saying um, they have, and this is why it kind of caught really caught my attention. They have a guy, one of their customers, who's taking a, I think it was a four foot by, uh, is it? I think it's four by four block, right? And or four by two block, I think it is. And they're of titanium and cutting a bearing out of it with a uh, water jet, flow jet. And it's a workable bearing. It's a workable bearing. Mm, that's impressive. And it's two feet by four feet. And it's cutting straight through that without even thinking about it. Mm. They said it's fun when you start hearing it cut in titanium because it's actually starting to spark. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, at a certain point you're going to catch a fire, right? <laughs> yeah. But I'd say that's probably, you know, my top yeah. couple. Okay. Yeah, no, this is a long list, but that's fine. I mean, so those are things catching your eye, but, uh, you, I mean, you talked you, you talked about it a little bit, the innovation of each one. I mean, they you brought up uh, a, a few things each, the flow, flow you know, flow jet 
uh, cutting or gar- with mm. garnet and water j- or was it what is it called why um water um water jet water jet <laughs> um so what other if any innovations did you guys see where not only did is this like an invention of a brand new type of a process or um what other inventions did you see that's just wholeheartedly just going in a different direction than the rest if that makes sense Ooh. Uh, I think me and Ed are probably going to be on the same page here. Um, but I'll probably to walk to go, I'll probably, you know, take a walk over to the uh, Phillips commercial booth. Um, yeah. Right up, to give you an idea where we're at, you walk into the booth, you walk to the booth form, you make a left, and they're right there. Um, they have one of their NASCAR Cup cars there. Um, and all the Haas machines, Philip Haas, Philip Haas Racing, yeah. um, is a member of the, um, uh, the Phillips. Um, uh, sorry, Stuart Haas Racing. Okay. Um, Phillips is part of the Haas family of brands, or they work with them. They're integrators of the Haas family of brands of CNC machines. Um, the one thing that we were looking at the regular machines, and they're working with Cobots, and eh, you know, Cobots. Okay, cool. Everybody's got a Cobot this day. However, they said, "Hey, do you? What do you think?" Of, and I, we we have a conversation with Sharon, who is the the head of PR. And said, you know, do you want to do a podcast with us? And she said, you need to go down and talk to um, our gentleman down at the additive side of the house. Well, mm-hmm. first thing you're going to do is you're going to raise an eyebrow because you're in a subtractive manufacturing show and you're now talking about additive. And then we get down there and they start talking to you about hybrid technology, which is the incorporation of Melt.io of wire feed welding to form your block inside of a CNC process, which will then be cut by traditional CNC methods. They were making wrenches on site. Just the entire like day. Tiny wrenches? No. Now you're, ta- you're talking like crescent wrenches here. Mm, okay. With tool steel in the middle and stainless steel on the outside. Um, and it was 100% welded, no need for sintering, nothing. You're just giving those things away. I'll take one. <laughs> uh, well, I, we didn't get lucky enough to get one, yeah, but you know, hopefully, That's if we really talk cool, to them, we'll though. get one. They could make it, and and they didn't have any post processing. No post processing. No, they they actually machine. They're the doing the post yeah. processing for you. Yeah. And the guy showed us the wrench. Um, but to, to kind of feed on what he said, is it's actually disruptive, disruptive laser metal metal deposition technology. So it does use centering mm-hmm. to do the processing. Uh, but basically, you can use uh, single head or you can use dual head. So you can use one material or two material. You can also use a wire and a powder also. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the biggest things is it's an open system. So you can actually purchase um, regular weld wire for whatever you're trying to process, so tool steel or, say, if it's mild steel or if it's ink and ale. I think they, the limitation right now may be copper. They're mm. still developing mm. copper, but the uh, titanium, you, you can also use these uh, materials, and you can use titanium with other materials. So mm. you can use it as a dual process. Um, the other thing is it's, uh, it's a, uh, it has uh, six lasers in the head, and these lasers are about 200 watt, and basically uh, that's uh, part of what they're, that's the that's the magic behind the curtain. So that's the wizard in their system. Uh, but the uh, 
thing is, is uh, Phillips has been, you know, working the additive side for a while. I think Mark Forge did some stuff with them also mm -hmm. in the past. So this is something Phillips has been working on for a while. So they not only do they have 60 years of experience with, uh, like, uh, CNC equipment from Haas, uh, but they also now have made it a uh, effort to bring additive and it's attractive as a uh, application. So depending on what the application is, I mean, we know what Mill IO can do. We've mm -hmm. seen it. Uh, they also do some stuff with EOS too. So yeah, our friends over at EOS, yeah. we've talked to. Yeah. So like, it's 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 not like they just stuck a head onto a CNC machine. Yeah. They actually integrated it. You know, it's got some chillers and stuff involved. Um, you can add a cobot if you want to offload mm -hmm. the machine. Right. right. Uh, and it has a pretty good interface for Melt IO to uh, to do things. It's it's pretty intuitive. Uh, I think there are some signals that go back and forth mm -hmm. between Melt IO and and uh, Haas. Okay. But for the most part, it's pretty much a uh, they can come in and integrate that system for you pretty pretty and easy. Now to add on to that, and this is one of our bigger topics that we talked about the entire show. I mean, it, it was the entire day, you know, nights conversations as we had with this thing, especially at dinner. We kind of talked about it, you know, but how we were just kind of you know dumbstruck by you know this technology and stuff like that that kind of made you think that okay, is this really really what's going on? We had to go back and take a look at it twice, um, but. The price point. The price point for that system is two hundred and fifty grand for them to mm -hmm. integrate that onto an existing, um, or roughly two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Don't quote me on that. Get a quote from Phillips. Yeah. Um, they'll be able to help you out. We'll put their link in the bottom of all this too. Um, so you'll get a quote from them. Uh, but we were quote we were told it's about two hundred fifty grand, uh, roughly ballpark range to get started into a single dimension um, uh, CNC machine. Mm. Mind you, you can do three, four, five axis machines, mini mills, um, and all that stuff, you know, along with this process. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, our friends over at Mark Forge, um, they have a, uh, and they had it at the show, obviously, one of the metal 3D printers that we saw at... Like a tabletop. Yeah. Like a, yeah. That we saw at um, a Rapid, where you'd print it, then send it through the centering process, then bing, guess what toaster's, the toaster's done. However, that process, those three machines right there is 200 grand. Mm -hmm. If you already have a CNC machine there, you can incorporate the Melt.io process for 250. You know, and now you're... You know, you're 50 grand more, yes, but the thing is your productivity goes you know, skyrocket. I'm not taking anything away from our friends at MarkForge. If you need metal 3D printing and you don't have a CNC machine and you don't want to pay the price, go to MarkForge. It's a 100% safe system. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They've got that stuff down to a science. Yeah, MarkForge has a lot of stuff. That, and they yeah. also can integrate that melt I.O., Onto a robot arm. Yeah, that's what I was saying because you, you mentioned it earlier. You probably you can get it to where the parts finished to get it to pick the part, put it put it in a, I guess a, um, like a waiting area or a loading bay or something like that, so that it can start the next print. Well, mm -hmm. if you put the head on the robot, then the dimensional, the space that you have. Oh, you're saying the the yeah. The, you mount the mill IO engine mm. onto the end of the robot tooling. For right. the end tooling. Right. Now that robot, whatever the 
the area it can it's work envelope is well larger than a CNC right. table. Mm -hmm. And and I don't have the limitations of a CNC far as the work envelope. I mean, think about SpaceX where they're printing rockets. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same concept. 3D printing, SpaceX. 3D printing rockets. Well, they're printing engines. Well, I mean, still, you, you're using, using a robot. EOS machines. Too, they are. They are using yeah. EOS machines. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the same technology. Yeah. You're yeah. basically taking, and, taking a robot, putting that technology on the end of the robot, and the robot is it's doing the work. Which is funny because they're using Haas CNC machines. Yeah. That is yeah. funny. It's so I'm just saying, like, it's just it's a smaller scale, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the concept has already been proven here, terrestrially, and out in space. Far as the, 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 the that makes sense. The the structure and the integrity of mm -hmm. the thing that's being printed. So that, that, you, you kind of bring up a good point too, because uh, we we were talking about just industry in general, but I'm thinking, uh, how much is the space space flight? You know, space travel, getting to space, getting back from space. How much did that, um, I mean, I would say that we're getting close to some type of, if we're not already in one, a space race of yeah, who can yeah. get to where, who can get to these asteroids and figure this out. There, to me, I feel like there's always a scientific article where someone did some math on an asteroid that's going to hit us and they're trying to figure out something. Was there anything with space or like space habitat, like lunar lunar modules or things like that. I know that we saw some stuff yeah. at Rapid. There, there was a few of the, like, combustion chambers. Right. They're showing off combustion chambers. Um, and, like, EOS had the the, the air spike. Yeah. Or... Uh, they didn't bring out that this time. Mm. Um, hate to say it, they also didn't bring out the basketball. I think we saw one basketball the entire time we were they out there. They had the little small one. They had the baby basketball. Yeah. That had the but full it was size. the airless one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. They didn't bring out the full size one. They said it kind of grew legs. Um, yeah, someone found it. <laughs> but you know the thing is, is they did, they did. I think they made. I don't think they had an arrow spike out there. I know they had a, you know, a combustion chamber, right? Um, and a couple other things. So mostly just engines, right? Um, that some of these guys deal with. Some of these guys are dealing with the subtractive version of right. uh, the, you know, the engines themselves. Um, and then you know, with them, you guys got the part. The guys partnering with the tooling guys, you know, with like right. with with bits and collets and all that stuff. Collets are a whole other big deal. I'm telling you, right? Collets are insane. So, did you guys see? Did you guys see? Was there an overwhelming focus of, let's say, the processes that companies are doing? I know some companies are do. You know, you just brought up Phillips, who does printing like standard printing similarly, mm -hmm. uh, or metal printing, and then they CNC and then make sure that everything's. If they add anything on, they can. What's the overall consensus? Is it 3D printers? Is it engravers is it cnc machines and things like that or is it is it well machines that are using welding uh so what was the most i think it was a density? yeah i think far as the, the additive side is still in its infancy far as right. the industry hence the name hybrid because that yes eos was there and yes we had you know uh maker forge was there but like the stuff they were doing far as Comparing that to the integration that Phillips did, Phillips was the only one that had one that was incorporating uh, existing technology with uh, mm -hmm. additive manufacturing. Mm -hmm. The other guys were strictly, you know, kind like Melt IO, were yeah. concentrating on, hey, these are the machines that we have to do ah, okay. whatever. So they, they were basically still from, hey, here's our commercial version, industrial version, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, so... 
I don't think there has been enough um, innovation yet to say, hey, yeah, it's been a big, a big push because this is this is fairly new technology mm -hmm. for this for this uh, field. It's used in other fields. Mm -hmm. You know, we could probably say it's probably used a lot in scientific. You know, maybe uh, developing new um, or complicated structures that can't be created by normal mm -hmm. uh, applications that exist. You know, so some shapes we just can't do with a CNC machine. Right. Well, it's not practical. Right. You know, so from, from that point of view, I don't think anything there was like that. And far as from a space part, they probably did some stuff because they did have, you know, some things that they did with DOD. They did have some things that they did with aviation, but I suspect that they're not going to, you know, in that particular uh, climate, they're not going to probably share everything that they're doing. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Had, they had the yeah, combustion chambers. Yeah, show yeah. the tips and tricks, yeah. 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 They had the combustion chambers sitting out there, yeah. so they, they, they did touch on it, and they'll have the conversations with the end to kind of tell you who some of their customers are and people yeah. who they're working through. Um, you know, a lot of times you see a lot of the guys, a lot of we noticed if you start talking about really wanting to get into how do we like you know work with robotics mm -hmm. to like move forward in space race, um, I think you can turn your way toward the cobots. Yeah. The cobots they have that show, they show that hey guess what these things can you know handle jobs auto you know, autonomously, mm -hmm. um, you know and some of the machines like uh, Fanuc, um, actually would take older machines and retrofit them to be automatic mm. lathes. And then have a cobot reach and grab the part and put yeah, it over so there. They took a uh, vertical meal and automated it. Yeah. And so they would mm. add it to the inspection station. Then if it passed the inspection station, they dropped it onto the, the conveyor off the way. That makes sense. Quality gate. So yeah. the thing is, is you can, the the fun part is if you walk through that show, you could take pieces and parts from every little bit, combine them into one production line, and you'd have maybe one human in the entire process. Down at the end, that would load the start. And they won't touch it from there. Last guy who's got his thumbs up and he's like, say, I you, press and go. You probably yeah. don't have to have that. Yeah, maybe not. You, you probably, the one human would be the guy developing the, the problem or the solutions for the application right. that you're dealing with. And, you that's, know. That's where they're going in the digital environment. When you start talking mm -hmm. about, like, I can see that. extraterrestrial, and you, we start going moon basing and, you know, lunar basing and stuff like that, and you start dealing with some of these machines that are doing the hybrid stuff, and you have cobots involved in that. Now you have entire workplaces that can be, you know, transported via, you know, Starship onto, you know, the lunar surface and pretty much they run themselves. Yeah, I mean, you know, the grand scheme of things. I think the problem now is, is power consumption. Yeah, that, that is the that, biggest that's, issue. That right now, even if you use lunar, anything was uh, like a uh, a lunar vehicle that's, you know, riding on the, on the sand or if they're going to use the helicopter or whatever, like... For example, India, I think in July, finished their launch to the southern hemisphere of the moon. Yep, they went for water. And they mm -hmm. had two low-tech. Chandra, Chandra, Chandra Gandhi or something like yeah. that. They, Chandra, they did it manually. They didn't, it was not autonomous. Yeah. It was actually drove, driven manually, and it's a three-second delay. And it was two times that it almost ended up in a crater. But the problem is, is because they made it cheaper, I think they did like... Uh, maybe a couple of million, whereas like when NASA does something, it's in the billions mm -hmm. to lunch. And uh, they cut they cut the cost, but the problem is the cost of cutting the cost 
you know, came gave him some it's quality. Well, <laughs> almost. Yeah. So you get fourteen days on the moon, and that's the cycle. And after fourteen days, the temperature changes. Hmm. So when the temperature drops to a certain level, the unfortunately because they cut costs, the equipment that they sent up there couldn't couldn't take the the uh, cool. Yeah, the drop. The so drop. like I said, the biggest thing is is you have to either figure out how to do something with fuel. You have to find a fuel source there mm-hmm. that you can convert into something electrical, or you have to figure out something on a nuclear, you know, something nuclear. Or material science um, based. Yeah. Like, or you're talking about ener- like energy. Energy, because yeah. the, the, those things you're talking about consume energy. Mm-hmm. You have to have a way to power those things. Unless you can use the resources of wherever you're trying to go, mm-hmm. then that that's the limitation at the point mm-hmm. at this point. It's not... It's not the technology, it's just powering that technology. No, that that makes sense to me. I mean, to to be honest with you, it's it's something that I was I was I was asking the question purely just to get gauge the interest of at South Tech of additive yeah. manufacturing. I mean, we went to Rapid and that was the focus was additive uh-huh. manufacturing, but it yeah. was like I mean, it isn't always like I, I talk to people about three D printing now yeah. and it, it's not it's more they know more about it, but it's not it's still not where we should be, and yeah. it's still not. It's it's a growing it's a growing industry. So w- with that being said, uh, I know this was you guys' first time there, but like, um, so if we had to say what it was, everything pretty much like uh, uh, drop in ready for a lot of solutions, or um, were people offering full solutions, or were they just saying buy my machine, it can make your part. Um, because, like, how many presentations, I guess, how many demonstrations? I feel like oh, everybody yeah. should probably <laughs> had a demonstration, but what stood out? Well, like, I'll say this, the thing, as far as, like, it wasn't a bunch of pitches. Yeah, no. It wasn't that. It, it wasn't that way. It was like you just went to the booth and you talked to the people and then you asked questions and they gave you information. Mm-hmm. Now, now when, you, when you start talking, like, when we say, hey, did somebody have a solution? The emphasis, I think, was not on big industrial plants. Right. The emphasis was on the guy that has a shop that's making parts. Right. If I can, if I can, hey, I don't have to get this block of material. I can build this up. Mm -hmm. I can reduce the cost because I'm not wasting the material. Mm -hmm. I'm only doing to near, you know, near fit what the part is. Mm -hmm. So I'm only doing a few thou over. What the part is building up the material, then I I finish it up. Right. So you're saving the cost of the stock. So in the long run, you're on some. It could be, and then here's the other thing that they emphasize was that it can also be a solution for repairs. I have a part that's broken I, out in the field. I can have this piece of equipment make that part for me or fix that part. Yeah. So this you 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 pretty much answer the question before I could ask it. I, so so, I mean, that's pretty much what I was getting at. Is is like so, what dilemmas like people that dilemmas that people see in the industry? Like, let's say we have a um, uh, a paint mix mm-hmm. uh, room and there's a giant mixer in there, right? And this is has to be commissioned to be created for this tooling, but you could really make it with one of these machines at these places here. So, like, honestly, most people are cutting that cost. So that's kind of what I was getting at is, like, how how ready ready to roll is are a lot of these solutions. So if I broke my mixer in the paint shop 
and I wanted to get a new mixer, would I be able to make one with like one you, of these machines? I, 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 tell them about the shell. And what's the biggest size that you guys yeah. saw printing wise? I, I think you're talking. I think you're you're you're, 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 you're you're talking probably at that show. Anything is probably inside thirty days. Um, installation to commissioning time. Okay. Yeah. Um, after you go through the whole selection process, which you want right, all right, right, right. Once you go through the the procurement side, which could take up to six months depending on what company you're at, or a year and a half if you're at some other companies. Um, twice as fast. Yeah, twice as fast. Um, <laughs> twice as slow. That's why I whispered. <laughs> um, the value engineering out. Um, depending on how you look at things. Um, but it's the fact is is some of that stuff is like thirty days time install, and it's we're gonna drop this machine off to you. We're gonna power it on. We're gonna show you how to use it. And guess what? You're on your own. Congratulations. Have fun. Yeah. Um, here's all your here's all your classes you can come and take with us. Um, okay. okay. So a lot of a lot of the places had their own um, uh, solutions and stuff like that. Um, that was gonna be for my... for example the Flowjet shows up in two pieces and they <laughs> put them together. Nope. And they yep. level them. Okay. And now your, and your floor. Yeah, you got you get now most of this these the, the equipment that we saw floor. at um uh it has to be about at, eight inches thick. Uh, now that we saw at South Tech, hey, your floor has to be about eight inches thick, reinforced with with rebar. Yeah. Um. Now. Just in case. The no, flowjet machine. That's the requirement. Yeah, no. it's a requirement. The flowjet, for example, this kind of shows you kind of how how creepy how not creepy I guess you could say anal these guys get. And how precise this machine has to be. What is it? Two um, microns. No, it was two thousand. Two thousandths oh, of an inch off. Oh, man. Between front to back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two thousand. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, but some of these things, um, you kinda you kinda walk through and you look at it, you're like, Oh, that's 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 awesome. But most of the time you guys get a lot of guys who are, you know, system integrators, mm -hmm. um, that are showing product and services and stuff like that. And stuff you can download almost immediately. Like most, like some of the CAD CAM stuff, you could be able to download it before you even left the show, hmm. and work with some of these guys and learn how to you know play with it. And you know they'll, sh they'll 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 take the time out of their day. Most of them will take the time out of their day to show you what is going on. And all day long we had machines running, so you can't walk anywhere and not see a CNC machine flying around, um, doing something. You know they had one that was spinning the, a rim almost the entire time. Cutting a rim. Yeah, almost the entire time. That probably had to take a while. Um, then you have your, your your laser guys, you know, that, that kind of, you know, pop in there, you know, that, that help with laser engraving and stuff like that. Your, your portable CO2 lasers. Well, okay. Well, how about this then? And which one were you talking about? So that there is an application where the guy took a shaft that had been machined and they took oh, the technology yeah. and they built the gearing, the gears mm -hmm. or the tooth or the teeth. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. For the gears around the shaft, so you literally can machine the shaft, mm -hmm. put this in one of these machines. Mm -hmm. It'll build it up, yeah, finish the rest, and of you it. don't you don't even have to finish it because it's they got it to near what okay. it has to be yeah. based on your cam. If your cam CAD cam data is correct, it's gonna be there. Now now maybe maybe you might have to do a little machine, but it's minimal. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw okay. something back at you real quick. When you're talking we talking talk, talk about quick install equipment. We won't get into collets or anything like that right now. I think that'll be another question after we're done with us. Um, so, uh, I guess you could say stock processing. Mm. Um, uh, do you think that could be automated at all? What do you mean stock processing? Like, um, like... Bandsaws. 
Oh, <laughs> so you're talking about I catalog my saws and stock processing. Saw does it all in it now. Okay. So you got to okay. put it in context yeah. of what it okay. is. Yeah. So you have bandsaw. Okay. You have PLC. Okay. You have conveyor. Okay. Put all three of those together. You got a little cell. <laughs> you got a little station. So basically, got, they got horizontal bandsaws that cut like big material. Yeah. They're cutting wafer things. You've seen them before if you yeah. square tube and it's don't know what they cut with. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a PLC that not knows. Yeah. So the PLC's doing the chop. Yeah, and it, it they'll come they're cutting them away for thin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kinda like how if you were going to Jersey Mike's you're getting something and they're cutting those little thin pieces of the yeah, thing for your sandwich. Pretty much, yeah, okay. but this is stainless okay. steel. So yeah, this is stainless steel. <laughs> and it's, okay. it, it's probably about three inches round. Yeah. Wow. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's crazy though. That's that's yeah. that's intense, and to be able to get through that, that's that's got to be intense. And it had like a yeah, so it it just drops down, cuts, opens back up again. Well, I think and then pushes it forward, drops down again. <laughs> a few of the, the uh, CNC or bandsaw application actually had a conveyor system that fed out mm. the chips too. So they oh, had really? a chip conveyor to feed it into a waste bin. Oh, so it was because so, that was going to be the up. one of the next questions. Eventually, we'll get to sustainability, but um, I wanted to touch on on the something. I think we talked about it earlier. What? How many learning or training opportunities did you guys see at this oh, place? Wow. Besides, of course, they've got the demonstration, and you can got you know glean what you can off of that demonstration. But like actually offering like not just saying a certification or a degree plan. But like a training that is substantial to get you, I guess, approved to implement or approved to operate. So I think that's where the SME and what was the other one? Um, tooling you. But it was another one, CIM, CIMT. Yeah, CYMEE or yeah. MEI. Yeah. Those guys are the cybersecurity guys. And mm-hmm. then I think it was uh, also they had Open uh, OPC. OPC UA. UA was there. So like they had organizations that were putting things together but that you know at the, sh- at the show per se they they panic was probably the only one that was like concentrating on you know hey here's some training opportunities because they had that mm-hmm. platform there mm-hmm. but the other ones were like live demonstrations so yeah. i don't yeah, think it was really uh it. okay it, it wasn't really like a we have a training it's like nick said we have a training facility that you can go to right. to learn these but for the most part i don't think they had the time to yeah. Tough to yeah. really, you know, they could explain the technology, yeah. right. but they didn't give you any like, hey, this is what you do. And they would talk right. to you about it a little bit and, you know, stuff like that. They would bring up, hey, guess what? This is where you can go do your training at if you really want to yeah, go do this. Yeah, because I know SME usually does like special they do. trainings. They yeah. uh, do. did um, the, I think they did a certification day the day before uh, we showed up. Um, they did all day long um, uh, talks. Mm-hmm. To the entire duration of the show, I think day one that we were there, focused on uh, personnel recruitment and retaining talent, um, okay. and doing the um, uh, the announcement that we covered in the last YouTube video and kind of what we covered after day one, um, and then they kind of rolled through everything else. You got Tooling U, they were pushing. You know, they, they had members there from Tooling U that kind of went through their process. And that's a SME-sponsored and SME-supported. Um, it's their training week. Um, we had a good contact, a good conversation with um, with Bob, who's a CEO of SME, and he talked about how, you know, they have these moments with SME where you have four or 5,000 people on a Zoom call 
you know, listening to about, you know, flow rates and mm-hmm. feeds and speeds and, um, you know, how do you do lean manufacturing and stuff like that. Um, you Not know, easy. you know, all that stuff that pops up. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of intermixed, intermingled through the process. And then one of them, like I was talking about the Simi guys, um, they got a pretty cool little setup, I think. Um, once you think that the truck that they had out there that they used for their mm-hmm. mobile training lab mm-hmm. was absolutely awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good idea. A mobile training lab makes sense. Bring, bring the training to the people instead of right. you know, trying to bring them to you. So, I mean, that makes sense. I, I think that, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. The industry is growing, so you need to train the train the uh, the youth that are going into the workforce, uh, most likely give them the opportunity. We can't force all of them to kind of want to do something in additive manufacturing, but... Mm-hmm. It's it's if you don't know it's there, then you won't know to, that you like it, right? So you don't know what you don't know. Showing people this stuff or trying to teach them stuff. I've actually looked at tooling you and some of those courses. It's it's pretty extensive with how much how many courses they have. So it's it's pretty impressive with how engaged and in, in um uh, how much training you can get off of that. So I mean, I, I I would say just if you've got extra time, take a peek at it and try to kind of look at that. But um. I think that, that I guess my final. I don't really have many many more questions, but my my final one was I guess kind of one of my big our biggest ones. We've talked about sustainability continuously with, with you know consumables and stuff like that. Even um, in a lot of our past episodes, do you guys see any uh, any any recyclers? I know it's hard for for subtractive manufacturing and CNCing. You end up with a lot of dust and stuff like that, but you still end up with chips and things like that whenever you're cutting other things. Mm-hmm. Did you see anybody do anything special with that? There, there, there was a few uh, recycled guys kind of mixed into the bunch mm-hmm. um, where, you know, they pretty much take your waste and, you know, convert it to, you know, recyclable material. Um, you know, it really just depends on the on the material because some material can't be recycled. That's right. um, so if you're doing, if you're machining stainless steel, um, most of the time people will, um, might, have you looked at, if you look at the machines, they have an auger bit that pushes it out through what they could sometimes nickname the poop chute hmm. and drop it into a five-gallon bucket, you know, so you could take that, you know, the, the, the waste mm-hmm. or the machine poo and take it to a recycling yard. Yeah, jury's still out on that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay with the... <laughs> well, well it, it, it's one of those things where if you look at it it's it's like an auger and it just spits it out the back yeah. you know the, the, yeah, the side okay. of the machine. I can see how we got yeah. to this conclusion yeah. you know but the thing is you're filling up five gallon buckets you know if you're machining yeah. a lot you're filling up five gallon buckets yeah. the guys who are using flow jets they have whole sheets like cut out pieces that have whole sheets left over mm-hmm. you know that they can either reuse they if they have space available yeah or they just recycle the entire sheet and they bring it to the recycling yard and off it goes. Okay, that makes but sense. I think that the really the, the Phillips got gets rid of the waste mm-hmm. because you're making it to almost dimensionally what it's supposed to be. So you reduce the amount of waste. So the way you generally would cut out a wrench, mm-hmm. you would have a block of steel. Yeah, and you would have to mill out that that part entire thing and yeah. all the stuff that's inside the cube goes away except for the part mm-hmm. with the technology of additive subtractive repeat what you're doing is you're saying make my part here and basically finish it to this dimension mm-hmm. so your waste goes 
down a lot. Yeah. And your cost for material goes down. Yeah. So it, it makes sense if you're running a shop where you're doing like, you know, small jobs where you don't have to waste a bunch of material. Yeah. And okay. most of these small CNC shops, like I said, they're doing small jobs. Mm -hmm. They're not producing things at 60, 60 of these a second or 60 of these a minute yeah. or, you know, so. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Now, I'll throw this question at you. I want to, you know, just, I don't know how much you kind of looked into, you know, what the, oh, about some of the stuff that's at that show. But collets. Yeah, you're going to have to explain that the, to the, me. the big portion behind, you know, CNC is, is, is the collet. Or how a, or a tool fixture, how a end mill or some sort of end mill mounts to the machine. So you have to put it through either a collet system, which is you put it through and you lock it into place with like a, with a screw down. Mm. And you pinch the tab shut to create the maximum amount of force mm -hmm. to prevent rotational, you know, dislodging. Right. Or you can heat them up so they expand, drop the, drop the, the, the drill bit in there, they let it cool. Mm -hmm. and then, Friction. Yeah, that's the only way. Yeah. Um, then you have a bunch of other ones. Uh, there's different versions of the collets um, that they came up with. We we saw a handful of different ones, uh, ranging from not so expensive to yeah, you're gonna be broke. Um, so, how much technology do you think goes behind those collets? Well, I'm gonna be honest with you because you you just taught me something because I didn't know that that had that had a word. I I, I assumed just based off of looking at Prusa, you know, XL or things like that, that switch tool heads in the middle, or just watching like in the body shop, just watching the tool heads change. It's, it's not that much of a, of a, of an issue, but yeah, no, the, the connector piece that, that, you know, accepts either, either or is you know, the coupler is mm -hmm. very important to me. How much technology does that use? I mean, how, how can you get, what is it a mag magnets? Like how much are you really connecting it through? Is it are you connecting to a like a a, a CAN bus system uh, or something similar like mm -hmm. that? Are minimizing wires? I think there's a lot of the tech that you can use there. However, the more tech you use there, the bulkier it gets. Right, and so, when you start looking at them, you'll notice they have tool changers, where you have five, ten, fifteen tools, and the tools are are your milling heads, right, located inside your collet inside your mounting bracket. So they take that and slide in the machine, lock into place, twist, lock, and then mill out what you need. Well, it's, it's, it's pneumatic. Right, it's pneumatic. They yeah, use pneumatics to lock it in place. Yeah. And but, some of them probably, I think they have probably the tap system yeah. like on your Voron. And a lot of times, when you, yeah, it's exactly that. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times, but it's the funny part is, is the sealing of the end mill to the collet itself is extremely precise because the problem is you get a little bit of wiggle you get chatter mm -hmm. now your parts destroyed you if get you get vibration. if you get a little bit of yeah. up and down you're going to cut too deep in one section mm -hmm. they kind of showed that with one demonstration we were watching you went out and back and it was perfect height perfect height and the bit dropped a little bit and cut deeper and deeper and deeper oh no so but here's the funny part some of these machines you have to buy to set these things up you slide the, the, the holder in Heat it up using electricity. Yeah. Drop the drill the the piece into the chuck, slide it over, cool it down, and then it seals up tight. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. They use induction heating, so yeah. you take a coil, and the coil heats up the metal, and that's how they get it to expand. So you can drop. Uh, the they had different systems. You mm -hmm. can use the the manual compression collets, 
or you can do like what Nick's talking about where basically it's a more precise fit um, yeah. and then they had to cool down I think some of them was like two minutes mm -hmm. they had a mm -hmm. cool down process of two minutes okay and then they had the small little pieces where they would, it looks kind of like a flower when it opens up yeah. you drop the drill bit you drop the, the piece inside of it then it locks into place as you tighten down yeah. the, the screw head that makes sense um, kind of like your drill bit I mean, yeah, it's 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 huge. How it's very important that that stays level too, and mm -hmm. that that's controllable. Not not you know, there's no deviation from where it should be. Yeah, when you get into that type of stuff, when you look at it, it's absolutely nuts. And the fact is, the amount of technology that goes behind just the end mills mm -hmm. themselves, because you're dealing with like cutting titanium, right? You're you know, auging out so much material, but you're trying not to overheat it. Um, that be yeah, then you start warping it, right? Yeah. That to be cut, that to be sharpened to a certain bit. I think one of them, what was the biggest bit they had, was like three and eight, three inches or something like that. Yeah. They were cutting with, mm -hmm. and crazy. that was the size of the the bit alone, the shank. Was three inches. Yeah, that's crazy. And you have servicing mills and stuff like that that are like a uh, you know a good like looks like a pie plate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know that's spinning at twelve thousand RPMs, if not a little bit faster. And it's shaving off. It's of that. shaving, but you're talking about shaving microns. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. I mean the precision is impressive. I I will say, so yeah, we had to we had to ask the question a few times. Are you talking microns or what are you talking about here? Because we had to make sure that our sense of measurement was correct. Right. Because sometimes we look at them and go, well, this is what, what do you mean by this? And we we thought that we were off. Like we're like we we can't be that far off. Yeah, we were way off. Yeah. I think when we were talking to flow, I think that was the furthest off we've been in a while. Ooh. You know how fast do you think this thing went? Well, yeah, it's fast. He goes, yeah, Mach three. Oh. Okay, a little faster than we thought. Prove it. <laughs> and you're talking about the, the gantry weight is, what, 3,000 pounds mm -hmm. just for the gantry alone? That's crazy. And it's pretty much as high as it will go is as deep as you'll cut. Yeah. That's, see, and, and, and machines like that are, are ones that, like, those are what kind of got us interested, too, in the first place. So, like, yeah. if you see something like that, that's probably why uh, someone's obsessed with this industry, too. Yeah. Go watch Flow on YouTube. It is absolutely amazing. Check it out. Um, you know, go take a look at you know Phillips um, Additive Hybrid yeah. on on uh, on Facebook and a couple other things. Not Facebook, but on uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of stuff coming out of Haas. Uh, Titans of CNC is real big. They were real big out there um, working with these guys. Um, so you know, definitely go pay them. You know, some some respects. Yeah. Um, you know, those they know what they're doing. So, yeah. any more further? So I'm gonna be honest with you. you guys. You guys gave me a lot to think about. I have. I mean, I'll probably come up with some questions uh, a little bit later, but nothing comes to mind anymore. I mean, we talked sustainability. We talked about what wowed you. We talked about what was the what was the kind of the the um, uh, the density of, of you know additive to subtractive. Mm -hmm. We talked about training. We talked about like quite a few things, you know, and and all this kind of focuses on the fact that what number one we think it's cool but number number two this is a growing industry it's innovation is just never ending this convention i would say is isn't as big as rapid but that doesn't mean it's small by any means oh no so at the end of the day it's it's there's already thousands of people here interested in it there was i would say thousands more at the at rapid there's going to be thousands more at any of the other industry conventions uh, so if you guys have a chance, I would say go out and check it. 
honestly, this gives me a lot of the stuff that the questions that I would have. What made you want to go? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about what you thought was cool. That's what made you want to go. So, uh, I, I honestly don't have anything else. I mean, unless you guys have anything, any other companies or any other products, you feel like you're like, I don't care. It doesn't fit in any of those fields. I need to talk about this thing. I, you know, there there was definitely there the Cobot guys out there. You know, talking. You know, they're getting into the into the fields. A lot of people that were doing a lot of artwork with these CNC machines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's you know it, it, it's pretty cool to you know when, think about the fact that you got to deal with like their, um, uh, you know how they do things. What do you mean by artwork? Like they're uh, doing uh, like some modern design on the front, uh, like I'd see it at, at my college, where they have probably. a statue that looks like a stick figure holding. Well, another stick more figure. or less. <laughs> Skulls. Oh, I can see. So some sugar skulls. Okay, yeah, some sugar, sugar skulls. skulls, and that's metal. Yeah, that's one hundred percent metal. That's impressive. Um, and then. Yeah, so they're doing they're doing like full size, uh, yeah, a- actual models that are that are very smooth, precise. Like right. I don't see any layer lines, so that's that's something well, that's that to a, me is impressive. That that there, I don't know if that was additive. I think that was that was subtractive. That was subtractive. That was a CNC so, machine. So you're not gonna see. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. And they probably okay. cleaned it up some too. And this, that's probably not that they're doing. They're just showing. It was yeah, on their one of their machines. They're, they're showing the. It's on the Herlock the capability, the, the capabilities right? of yeah. the machine. Yeah. I mean, I don't think somebody is. I don't think it's a real big market for making those type of things. No, but it's but out there. They their machine is capable of that precision. Right. I, I think it's so that. Yeah. yeah, I just want to show that. I mean, that, I mean most of it we said was subtractive, so it's mostly uh, CNC machine. Five-axis machine also. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And okay. I'll, I'll say this. What was good about the show also is the fact that we saw the kids there. Yeah. You know, we had kids from surrounding high schools and stuff like that, STEM academies, that were at the show that were getting face-to-face mm-hmm. time with these guys, learning about the technology, mm-hmm. really doing some training with these guys, you know, especially last day. It was 100% kids. Um. You know, and then, so I, I think for them, they got the biggest banger for the buck. Yeah. You know, be able to go to this thing. Um, you know, we still can't get over the the uh, Phillips additive hybrid side of the house. Um, I know we keep harping on them, uh, but, you know, they're doing things with basic weld wire you can buy from Home Depot that most people would never think about. And you get, they get, what, 40 hours out of one 50-pound uh, roll of, of uh, weld wire. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. impressive. A and barrel, it's like I think they say you can get a lot more with a you can actually a week. use a barrel too. Yeah. By the barrel. Yeah. yeah. So like, like powder. The, uh, no, it's well wire. Well wire. The wire. Okay. Like a, I don't know where we are. You know they yeah. use barrels instead of using the spools. That makes sense. Because okay. the barrel you can uh, get more wire in a barrel than you can on the spool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, yeah, no, so so all things considered, I mean, I appreciate you guys being able to go out there and kind of bring that experience to me. You know, I'm thankful that we're able to kind of do those things. So, yeah, I mean, for me, this is just fuel for the fire, right? So it continues that, that curiosity and keeps it going. So, I mean, I, I didn't have anything else. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send you down the rabbit hole of flow um, before we send you home, get you started on some, some flow so it'll drag you absolutely bad shit, you know. Kind of batty. I'm already crazy. It's too late. Oh, this will just add to it. <laughs> um, you know, physics and, and flow jets really kind of go hand in hand if you think about it. Or just they don't. Depending on how you want to look at things. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Physics is everything. Yeah. That's... Well, you start cutting steel with water and a little bit of granite. 
Yeah, physics is everything. You see something that don't make sense. That's probably because the physics is like telling your brain that don't make sense. Right. So, but you know, I guess we'll uh, we'll end, we'll call it there, guys. You know, we appreciate it. Um, you know, we want to say thank you. You thank you for giving us the, us the opportunity to go up and uh, you know up to you know South Tech twenty three this year. Um, we are going to be having some of these companies on the podcast with us. Some of these guys you're going to be able to talk to directly. If you have any questions, please send them to us and we'll take care of it or we'll get you in contact with the people that we have contacts for. Um, you know, we highly appreciate you all listening to us. Uh, we hope we all learned something from it. Um, you know, I'll say this. Uh, since, the, since the last time we talked, we're at, uh, almost we're at five people away from hitting, or, no, six, sorry, six people. Six people away from hitting 2,000. Mm-hmm. Um... So we're doing a really good job on that. Um, we're really having some fun with it. You guys make it worth it. You know, you make these trips worth it. You make, you know, the investment and the time and energy worth it to go see these people and, you know, kind of, you know, spread our wings and, you know, really get them interested and want to talk to you. Um, so, you know, I want to say thank you. Uh, go check out, you know, the blog. Um, go, take, go check out um, uh, Printed Heritage. You know, a couple other things we're working on. So, but, you know, enough of me rambling. You know, I want to say thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you soon. We'll turn to everybody else. Yep. Like I say, we appreciate the support. Um, we like bringing you content. You know, uh, we uh, still would like some input from you guys if it's something that you're uh, interested in or if it's uh, technology that we haven't covered because uh, we always are interested in all types of technology. But uh, other than that, appreciate it. Yeah, once again, I'd say thanks to these guys for, you know, kind of bringing this experience to us. Uh, I mean, I bet you there's still a thousand questions that, that, you know, everyone can ask about, maybe even particular companies and things like that. So the company spotlights are coming, so stay tuned for that. You know, uh, like like Nick said, Printed Heritage, check out these things. we got Lithophanes coming. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that you guys can customize, and if you've got questions or have any, any issues with it, please let us know. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, thanks again to these guys and, and yeah, stay tuned guys. All right, y'all. Have a good one. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions and join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.